Welcome back to another one, guys. We're here with uh, Adam Traubman, better known as Trout, and Morgan Prominence, and uh, my good coworker Nate Lindsay. We're going to go over some fun stuff today, uh, mainly kayak fishing and kind of the start and the development of it as a sport. I'm not super in tune with it, so I'm really excited to get to learn about it. And uh, I'll let these guys kind of dive in and, and give us a lesson. Yeah. Right on. Like I was saying before, this is a long time coming and this is, it's, it's worthy. You know, it's definitely a little side pocket of fishing and it's not super popular. I mean, it's had its moments and, you know, the history is really awesome because it's, it's new. It's not like we invented kayak fishing by any means, but we're just kind of modernizing it. And so it's been really it's sick knowing this guy. <laughs> like I've known him since he was a, a teenager, couldn't even drive. Um, and so we've just kind of staggered through, you know, being different ages, different levels, different timing. And, uh, I don't know, just going through it together has been, uh, really awesome. We've known yeah. each other for what, thir- 25, 25 years, years yeah. probably. Yeah. I used to work in a fish and tackle store in Solana Beach. I started working there when I was 15, blue water tackle. It's not around Mm -hmm. anymore. But I think I met Trout either there or when my dad and I bought our first kayaks, my dad, uncle, and and I. um, We had no idea what we were doing. I just moved here from South Africa and, you know, tried some shore fishing here. But the fish here, although I love fishing on the shore now were very small compared to the fish I was used to catching in South Africa. So I was like, I did some research and I found out there was bigger fish like calicos and bonita and barracuda. And, and then later on yellowtail white sea bass, which trout was a huge part of teaching me um, how to catch a lot of that stuff. But I, I had to figure out a way how to get out to the kelp beds and that's how I discovered kayak fishing. So we went and bought a couple of kayaks and, before we, I think my first trip to La Jolla, I called yeah. it Yellowtail, yep. which was really lucky. Yeah. So. There was also nobody out. Which <laughs> yeah. Was yeah. Like, uh, the, Way back that, when. That was a really interesting thing is, um, you know, when I started, it was like early, mid-90s. And um, we'd go out to the pier and make bait because, you know, the mackerel would go and we'd, we'd bring whiskas. That was the go-to. And you have your cat, cat food. Cat food, yeah chuck some whiskas we'd, we'd launch at like two in the morning sometimes <laughs> and get our max and just load up and 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 go out but back then there were two other guys and they were these old gnarly construction workers and later like 15 years later i ran into one of them at a fred hall show and i was like you were so scary back then dude like and so they would be at the pier and those are the only two people we ever saw and uh, and Scott Cherry, who is a legend who would uh, fish off his longboard. And so we're like, okay, let's not bum these guys out. Let's choose two questions every week. So every weekend we'd go, they'd always be there and we'd be like, excuse me, sir, can you? <laughs> and so we never were annoying. And that's how you learn, you know, and you just, we, we'd slowly learn. That was learn like and, me to him, yeah. too. Excuse me, sir. Can so you then add? I started yeah. going into Blue Water, and Morgan would be there, and uh, he'd ask me, like, two questions every time, and, <laughs> and, and you know, pay it forward. What size to, hook do I need yeah. for the mackerel, or yeah. what pound test, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, and it was, it was crazy, like, Trout was saying, a busy day at La Jolla back then would be, like, six or eight six, guys. Six, eight, ten people, um, yeah. And it was pretty cool. It's kind of like, what, what's that saying? Youth is wasted on the young or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And yeah. I wish I knew back then what I knew now. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously the sport of kayak fishing, compared to like what you started out on, I was on a Cobra fishing dive, a big barge, which you probably made fun of. Because you were, <laughs> yeah, he was on a stealthy, fast ocean kayak, you know. Mm-hmm. And you guys went through like, there were no rod holders for kayaks at the time. Um, well, also, so, pe- were pedal kayaks even a thing when, no, you, when you started? They, did, they didn't exist. Yeah. The, the Mirage Drive came about in 1997 from Hobie, but I fished my probably probably until 2003. Um, I started in 2000 on a on a paddle kayak, and uh, but that was the the way to go. And you had didn't one of your friends like start the or build the kayak tank or something? Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah. I want to talk about that later because I think <laughs> R&D is, is a whole nother thing that came about, obviously, and you were a huge part of that. But I'm not going to lie. Everyone starts somewhere, and I started in the most ridiculous little bathtub. It was like, it was It was crazy. So really the way that I learned about kayak fishing was my roommate, JJ, he's like, oh, I got to go to Florida going to go see my mom like it'll be cool though usually we fish off the docks and all that and uh, he comes back and he's like can we use potty mouth or not really yeah go ahead he's like potty yeah. mouth he's like <laughs> yeah, potty you, mouth. he's like you have no fucking clue what's about to go down and he said my mom said oh we're not gonna fish off the docks she's like we're going in these this is his mom and there's these little sit inside kayaks are called kiwis and they're like seven feet long and you sit inside and you put your little spray spray skirt on and he said they went out they caught redfish and you know speckled sea trout all the like florida stuff so we come back he gets one and then i get one right away and we paddle out and we got calica like you said it wasn't really about yellowtail and white sea bass and all those pelagics yet it was like we're catching edible fish because we were young and so we were wait, poor this was after your florida trip you after his kayak. florida trip yeah. he came back oh, and okay. said my mom showed me this thing we're gonna gotcha, fish gotcha, in these kayaks. Gotcha. so very simple one rod and we bring crocodiles that's like your desert island spoons you, your yeah companion. the one and only crocodile yeah. and then right. like some cut bait and squid and very little and we would have it come out of the spray skirt and we would go and eat like it was a big deal to catch you feed yourself yeah Yeah, we fed ourselves and it was so cool um and then eventually baja was a big part of our life it always had been from surfing and fishing and stuff and i actually had a near-death experience because of that stupid little thing and right after that i went to a fred hall show and i met spike and he had a sit-on-top kayak. And I met him and I said, I didn't think anybody else did this thing that I do. And he's like, I didn't think anybody else did what I do. And we're like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that was really the beginning of the sit-on-top, which is absolutely critical for safety for modern-day kayak fishing. So I think it's cool that you took it to the next level after leaving Blue Water and all that to really – jump in with hobie before then it was really just ocean kayak and then that was your experience right yeah yeah we were pretty lucky so i started uh working for hobie oh, when was it can't remember now 2004 or something like that no wait wait 2009 <laughs> that's when i started so i had a friend and he's going to be mad at me for mentioning his name but his name's vince console and he was the product manager at hobie at the time we had been friends. He was a Solana Beach lifeguard and just a badass waterman, good friend of mine. And I went to college and was studying business administration and accounting. And I realized like the last year of my degree, I did not want to become an accountant. <laughs> yeah. I was working part-time at the tackle shop and at um, Ron Lane's store, Fast Lane mm-hmm. Sailing and Kayaking. And uh, I started guiding a little bit and I know trout guided way way before me but uh Vince and I went on a trip I think we yeah we went to Puertecitos which is just below San Felipe and he's like I'm going to bring the kayaks this time because I we used to load two or three kayaks on my truck and we'd drive down and uh and camp out and just drink beer and catch Corvina and uh I think I went 0 for 12 on Cabrilla, nice. like big Cabrillas <laughs> just smoked me, but he, he caught like a nice 20 pounder. So we knew what they were eventually, but, um, <laughs> Vince was like, you have to try this pedal drive system. And I was like, dude, I've been paddling forever. Like my mentors all, all paddle, you know, like it's way faster. It's way more efficient. This thing's going to break. And he's like, trust me. So we, we towed a trailer down there and, uh, and within five minutes of trying the pedal drive system, I was like. I can never paddle again. It's a, like game, a, it's a just total game changer. Yeah. And so that was, that was back uh, in, t- it was in the early two thousands when I tried it. And then Ron, um, I got a few boats from Ron and was guiding and taking people out. And then uh, 
that's right when Vince was developing the ProAngler 14. And so I got to try out this fiberglass plug at La Jolla and launch it through the surf. And we found a bunch of issues with it, which um, took a while to for them to listen to us, you know. Mm-hmm. But And some of them, they never listened to us at all. But, um, but anyways, so I was part of that. And then I finished... Um, college and working at Fastlane and Ron put in a good word with the with the uh, VP of sales and she offered me a sales associate job and I walked in like in a suit and tie and she <laughs> laughed at me and she's like you don't like we don't wear that around here you know like sh- shorts and flip-flops and you're like fine. this is where I want to work yeah and I was like yeah. ready for this big interview and she's like no you have the job and I was like oh, oh you're stoked. okay like dream job right yeah and uh what I always uh, it was 2009. Yeah. So probably 15 years after yeah, you that were... Was, well, that was right when I moved back from Oahu. So that's okay. right. And we had just kind of reconnected. And I yeah. was like, wow, Morgie grew up. So, well, I yeah. think just talking about like the allure of kayak fishing is is how accessible it is, right? Yeah. You don't need a, you don't need a ton of money and to go buy a skiff. And you can pretty much access, you know, all these inshore fisheries that you couldn't do from the beach and you're watching these guys on their kayaks. Um, You're watching these guys on their kayaks, bring in, you know, yellows and sea bass. And you're like, damn, I wish I could do that. Yeah. And then the pedal drive system changed that. And, and everyone's doing it now. I feel like all all 80% of the kayaks I see while we're out fishing are, are pedal drive kayaks. And it's, it makes sense, right? Your hands are free. And um, they're so, they're so well developed. Now the R and D, I know Trout was talking about this before we started talking um, the R and D that's gone into all this stuff is just mental. And Ira and all his friends, they're all groms and they all love kayak fishing because they love catching bass, which is cool. Um, yeah. like we got a couple old towns and Ira's roommate is out once a week on the old town awesome. and he oh, yeah. smokes them and he's, you know, it just, it seems easier. I used to like try and pet paddle around and I would like have to put the paddle down and then I'd start drifting away. And I was like trying to cast like backwards and over my shoulder do it enough like you can I'm get really stubborn, good at I, that. I am the stubborn butthead that has never and will you're never, old school it's uh, great never yeah. use the pedal i i've got this thing where like crocked under my arm i get this paddle <laughs> with my rod forward backward i mean the chicken at, dance at, at, it's just mm-hmm. chicken yeah. dance yeah. chicken dance like i can like do that like get bit and like grab a rear with my elbow and yeah I mean, do you feel special wants, are you like damn it, anyone can do this in a pedal kayak but yeah. i got the pa- we so. were in we were in rancho last year and nate hooked a we were like 200 feet off the beach and nate hooked a dorado on a on a kayak yeah yeah i, I lost it <laughs> i would say yeah. like honestly i was on a paddle board you were in, oh that's even better were you really yeah oh. that's even better oh, yeah, yeah a lot of people do that well They'll dude they were out. like 40 pound jacks swimming yeah, around yeah. and we're like we gotta yeah, catch one of those couldn't catch one the, couldn't even get a bite their sardinas they go through you know yeah those jacks will come and dude ass. when we were down there we were just like drifting on bait balls and a freaking humpback whale swam straight under I me believe it. well i think like <laughs> talk, talking about all this right like that's what kayak fishing is mm-hmm. yeah to me it's like you can shore fish, you can boat fish, or you can flow tube or kayak fish. And it's, you can go and buy a kayak for a few hundred bucks and get out on the water. And all you do is you spend the fuel in your car to get to the water. And then it's free after that, you know? Here's the way I look at it. Yeah. We started surfing. Like we always fished. I've always fished since birth. But as a surfer, there's this whole thing. Came out thing. of the womb with a fishing yep, rod. Yep. <laughs> there's this thing about when you go surf, it's the it's the motion of putting your board in, putting your suit in, whatever, going to the beach, pulling the board out, going out and surfing, right? That is what I wanted to do with fishing. I wanted to be able to slide the kayak in the back of my truck, put the poles on top, put the rods on top, a little basket with all the stuff that you're going to need, drive to the beach, put in, catch your fish and go home just like surfing. It takes yeah. a little more effort. Got to rinse off a couple more things, but for the most part, the accessibility, I think that would be the, the term, yeah, when you're on the, the water, the term to use is, is yeah. accessibility versus the boats where there's just so much involved and, I, I and, think and you even, don't break down. I think even the, like yeah. the, the accessibility and the simplicity, right? Yeah. Like when we yeah. go out on the skiff, 
we bring four or five rods each and we're like, oh, you know, and I think maybe sometimes it, it helps us and sometimes it hinders us because we're trying to figure out what we should be fishing. And then when you go out on a kayak, you have two rods, have may, like maybe 17. three. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're, you're wrong because this guy's Yeah, an like when I bass fish, I'll take, Right. people make fun of me. But if you, if you look at like, so kayak fishing has become huge, right? It was the fastest grown segment of the fishing industry for many, many years when mm-hmm. I worked at Hobie. And, um, and, and it's the same thing. You can do anything on a kayak that you can do on a boat. So there's guys with like a crankbait rod, a chatterbait rod, a jig rod, you know, this, that, that, yeah. a spinning rod, a drop shot, everything. Oh, then maybe and, I'm mistaken. No, but, but so, there, <laughs> it's, all so it's like, above, really. it's as simple it's, as you want to make it. Yeah. Like Ron Lane, his, one of his funny sayings that I remember is like, less is more, right? You right. take, yeah. sometimes you just want to take one rod and go have fun. Yeah. And going back to the less is more thing, like when I think of kayak fishing and I'm granted, I'm usually on a skiff or a boat is that like, when I think about even open ocean fishing versus inshore fishing right like i know personally when i'm offshore if i feel like i'm not in a good zone i'm like out of there mm-hmm. fucking quick you yeah. know and i'm on to the next area when i'm fishing like an inshore area it's kind of like i'm spending more time noticing all the subtleties going on around me whether it's like a spot of puddling bait or just all the little things right and then that's translated on a kayak even more so yeah like on a kayak because you have the limited mobility it's kind of like you're working with what you got whether it's gear or whether it's the whether it's just how the fishing conditions are that day and it really fo- it, it forces you to focus that mm-hmm. much more and so in that in that regard i think it's like it's it's really refined honestly because yeah. you have to pay so much I, i'd love for you guys actually to speak on like for our listeners who are wanting to get into kayak fishing yeah i know um <clears throat> brian tim our buddy you fish with all the time he, he's like oh yeah you know morgan was out here in his kayak last week and he was like he saw yellowtail breezing all over and um maybe like they're scared of our skiff and in a kayak you're silent and maybe yeah. not it, it not so much they're they're yeah like they're white, gonna white swim right next to you that's how sure. the white, white sea bass, bass for sure. right and so maybe it's yeah. an advantage and and i think for people listening who either are experienced kayak fishermen novice or, or wanting to get into it like some tips on you know like targeting these game fish where right. you guys are catching proper pelagics out of kayaks which is awesome you know and um, maybe some like insight into, you know, how you approach it differently on a kayak than you would if you were yeah. fishing on, on a skiff. I, going back, you know, I'll incorporate that, but it also <laughs> does have to do with, with gear. And so for me, it was always like right in the middle, which would be a fly line rig for live bait, uh, an iron, some type of casting lure a bottom rig and a sabiki rig, right? You all, I, I would always want to have bait. So you never know if you're going to run out of bait or whatever they're breezing through. So the sabiki to always have live bait, something where, you know, pelagics are on top. Sometimes you get marks on the bottom and sometimes you want to throw something. And as far as kayak fishing goes now, like we were saying before, there used to not be that many people on the water. I would actually find your own water. It doesn't have to be the the MPA definitely made it a little more restrictive. But if you're okay with going to Baja or going somewhere that yeah. has has less impact, there's places all over San Diego still. As long as you can beach launch, you can be alone. And I actually feel like kayak fishing is plateaued. When we started, it was like just like going <laughs> off, and there was message boards and there was the guides and there was the tours and then there was the writing and the magazines and the blogs and it's still popular but now I feel like it's kind of plateaued where you could pick any day and really still be alone if you really wanted to because most of the boats are if they're not offshore they're relatively close to where they're launching out of so there's a certain area where it's far enough where these boats they're not going to go there because it's too far and then you can still launch and make it there from the kayak right i would say going back to the beginning when we first started uh doing the the classes and the trips and guided tours it was honestly stressing safety um it's really important to know that um to know how to launch to know how to land to know how to self-rescue um that's number one 
being comfortable. Or, always wear a life jacket. PFDs. Yeah. Um, but really, if you're going to go kayak fishing, but you've never been on a kayak, go on the kayak first. See yeah, if go, you can even go on some cal- on some calm water like, too. For real, you know, like in a, the pool, a, take that thing out pool. in the pool, babe. <laughs> I don't know about that. Or or the bay, go fish the bay. The bay. Yeah. the bay, the bay, right? Go, go start in the, the bay. The bays are I awesome. Yeah. In the for... pool. <laughs> but yeah, really, be pool. be safe. I mean, we've done so many self rescues. We've had days really that nice were way. trash just because we're out fishing, and then somebody that shouldn't have been out there, coolies, and you know they flip, and then you're like, okay, now I'm spending my whole day like getting this guy back in and whatever so just be comfortable be safe get to know your kayak test a kayak places like fast lane oex all these they, they let you demo these boats there's demo days go go paddle these boats if you're gonna kayak fish find the one that's right for you figure out what water you're gonna fish um if you're gonna be a bay guy you know you can have a bigger boat it's no big deal if you're gonna go offshore you want something with a more narrow beam uh, invest in uh, um, in a rudder system maybe um, more safety uh, handheld radio don't go out a cell phone don't bring yourself I mean bring your cell phone put it in your bag you want a submersible handheld radio um, lanyard go, your cell phone yeah. as well I've lost like three in the ocean <laughs> go with a friend yeah. go, go yeah. with a friend and, and if you yeah, go always, solo that let, is let, a good let, let people know where you're going to go like I want to reiterate that like Go with a buddy. A buddy system's a good thing because if you do flip or you have a heart attack or something, like if you're by yourself, you're done, you know? Um, I mean, you can you can get back on your kayak and stuff like that, but having a buddy with you is a, a huge thing. But yeah, like going going back on the, on the tips, for me, when I go ocean fishing, depending on what I'm targeting, like if I'm going calico bass fishing or just want to go out for a few hours and go hit the reefs or the kelp beds, I'll take one rod sometimes. If I'm going to La Jolla to spend all day, I'll take a similar setup to what Adam was saying. And then if I go to the bay, it's it's one or two rods or how, you know, like the main thing is, is um, it's, a, it's like we have all this water that's available to you and you can get out there on a kayak and go have like so much fun, you know? Yeah, and how much, Another thing, too, going back to um, what Trout was saying about find your own water is just like as someone who grew up fishing in San Diego most of my life, all my life, there's so much coastline Mm -hmm. with no boats Mm -hmm. and no one kayak fishing Mm -hmm. that has the same reef, Mm -hmm. the same amount of bait on a given day. Like there's fish in those areas, but because like certain regions have been popularized, and people yeah. just know, oh, there's yellowtail there. There's so much area that doesn't get explored, and like that's prime time. That's prime time fishery when you own a kayak, right? Is you can get in quick and and get out of the water quick and kind of like see it more as an adventure and exploratory mission versus just like I'm gonna go where everyone else is going because one person caught a fish there yesterday. And I think <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. a good you way know? to understand yeah. that is to just go dive. Or even just snorkel yeah. our, our our local waters like yeah. where, like wherever I surf. Sometimes I'll just go out and there's no waves. We'll just put on some fins and kick out. And I've seen yellowtail in eight feet of water. Me too. I, I you know uh, there's El just, Nino saw schools of hundreds yeah. of yellowtail in like six feet of water. But it wow. is definitely the blind leading the blind. I will give La Jolla a little extra added there they're, it's definitely fishy because you have the point and canyon the currents and the yeah. canyon and the, and the fish pushing out no there's no fish there anymore <laughs> yeah probably not there's none you shouldn't <laughs> morgan caught there's no fish should... there but they're like oh that's a yo-yo <laughs> right <laughs> exactly that uh, i swear dude they know they, they, they might, know what all they, these they, they let their guard down eventually yeah, what, what, yeah. but yeah. that's whenever i'm not there <laughs> but that's really guys why you learn to beach launch practice like it's it's but that's also a reason to go travel and explore like you guys have done so much in baja morgan yeah. got to kayak fish in mag bay yeah like what a dream yeah. dude yeah i was super lucky with the <laughs> travel with hobie you we know? did the you did the offshore scene and you did the the um mangroves M- morgan if you haven't seen him morgan writes um kayak articles for us you should definitely check them out they're really cool yeah. mm-hmm. um and he Thank wrote you. one on mag bay and and targeting you know both offshore marlin and and yeah. also in the mangroves there like corvina and the um 
the golden trevallis yeah that, so cool. there's so much water to to access on kayaks you know and that's I've, some it's some of it's not ideal to be in a skiff it's yeah, just better or a be. viking <laughs> or, or a 60 foot viking like it's not accessible. Boiler, rock, well, boil, boiler rocks yeah the number one being able to paddle in sure. and being a couple feet from a boiler rock where you're literally pitching and letting it flutter down and, and yeah. not worrying about your motor or the boat or having to back out or if the engine cuts or whatever. The one thing you can't pull a you can't pull as hard on a twenty pound cabria in a kayak as you can in a skiff. Or a pargo. <laughs> no, but unless yeah. you have a pedal drive with reverse. There, right? um, and yeah. then you just I didn't even like, think of that. Like in Mag Bay in the mangroves, the first big fish I hooked in there like completely surprised me and just like took me into the mangroves and broke me off and the next one as soon as it hit i was just like pedaling my butt off with like lock drag holding the rod and like towed it away from Mm -hmm. there so if you and like you're talking about boiler rocks we did a um, mothership trip on the qualifier 105 back in the day like a fish trap trip with barry breitenberg and uh forget the the name of the place that we fished but it was like halfway down baja um sack reef yeah Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. and uh and the they launched it was a skiff yeah it was a skiff trip and there was some surf but my friend jared lane and i got into an area where the skiffs couldn't even get to and we were catching like six and eight pound calicos after one after the other no way and and i i think a lot of the days that we were on that trip because we went to cedros island and everything we pretty much outfished the skiffs on our. I was kayaks just going to ask you whether you would have you know? been to. I actually camped deal. there. I drove the kayaks down, camped on the mainland, and paddled out. To Cedros? No. Oh, that whole, <laughs> that whole reef area. But I've yeah. done that. There, there's some <laughs> You're stuff. You're gnarly trout. No, there's some stuff I'm not going to talk about. Because, yeah. like, ba- Baja's not uh, a secret, but there's definitely some places. No, for where sure. I'm, I'm just not going to talk about it. Go explore. Go, go, go explore. explore. Go you explore. Need and that's yeah. what yeah. we did is, seriously, uh, I've, I've driven to the tip and back multiple times on both sides, um, you know, just as a kid surfing. And then as I started fishing more and then kayak fishing, we pinpointed them. And it's just been insane thinking back on all the different spots that we've hit on both sides of the Baja Peninsula and there's so much and it's um and then you get different weather you get cold water warm water hot water all these different fish i mean grouper pargo snapper like it just yeah. goes on the end short like we've all caught so many tuna we've caught so many yellowtail we've caught so many mahi i'm back to like this inshore like these beastie toothy gnarly things that are gonna kind of kick your ass what are what are your guys's trophy catchers in in your kayaks have you have you done bluefin has i know how he tried or i've caught yellowfin um off a kayak yeah not bluefin um yeah i've caught i've been to panama and kayak fished australia the netherlands uh, roosters all, all over roosters tons of roosters on the kayak like up to maybe like 60 pounds. Wow. wow. Yeah. I went to Panama and uh, I had this incredible first trip down there where we, I caught over 50 fish a day, like to where I was changing the handle on my spinning reel from the left wow. to right side because my arms wow. were getting so burned. And then I, I caught knuckles for that. That was, <laughs> that was nice. Um, ooh, but we were ooh, catching my arm. My arm. <laughs> yeah. Every, every point we would go to, I would have three or four big kubera snapper like yeah. come up underneath the popper and i kept on loot like i don't know why they weren't getting the hooks in their mouth but eventually i caught one that was like barely hooked by the skin of its lip and it was like a 50 pound mm-hmm. and then and then catching uh roosters down there on poppers i had been to like rancho Linero and stuff and trolled caballitos and caught ro- and then i was like i don't i don't even want to catch roosters off the yeah. kayak on live bait anymore it's boring compared to wow. like the popper bites like mm-hmm. panama is sick yeah but but uh aside from that like getting back to here um we're ta- you know there's you can explore like crazy with the kayak you can throw it on top of your car and drive to baja you know and go spend a week and find a place where you won't see another person all day long and catch cabria and Cor- corvina and whatever um but right here there's like all of north county that's i actually start like that was my playground you know mm-hmm. like my learning grounds launching through the surf fishing off 
Cardiff, Carlsbad. Is Oceanside. that where you guided mainly when you were guiding? No, I ma- mainly got it off La Jolla. Okay. But but when I would go fish, a lot of the time I'd, I'd just want to be away from people as La Jolla got more and more crowded. And even with, with the crowds, like, it's really not bad. If, if people are sitting in an area, you can always go work the outskirts or whatever. Or sometimes, like when the squid would come in and spawn yeah um there would be 80 boats and 100 kayakers and a school would f- swim through and 80 percent of the everyone people would be dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that actually incredible. reminds me of something that i completely forgot about so as you get into your 50s you'll start forgetting all kinds of shit too so <laughs> but um literally i was looking one day and i'm like what is that out there and it was it's like in the Encinitas area, whatever. Nobody fishes there. It's like they're either going to do Oceanside or Carlsbad or they're going to go down to like Solana or Del Mar or whatever. And <clears throat> it's like, those are those are squid boats. Yeah. And I went home that night and uh, my buddy Dave on were like, we're out there tomorrow. Like squid boats are out there. There's squid nests. Like this is stupid not to try. It was way out there. So we paddle out there, and these there's two party boats out there, and we pull up, and I see a guy look over, and I could we were so he was right there, and I had binos, and I'm looking around, and I look on the boat, and this guy's like, what the fuck, <laughs> like like what are these guys doing? It was it was like miles out. Was it in the dark? Or was it during the no, day? it was early. Like oh, okay. we we launched, yeah, it was pretty dark, but it was so far by the time we got out there, it was like more, you know, just early morning. And on the way out, there was a couple max boiling. I made some made some baits, and then I had uh, a yo-yo. And we get out there. I drop the mackerel to the bottom, put it in the rod holder, put it in gear, drop the yo-yo to the bottom, hits the bottom, two cranks up, bit, and then my live bait goes, and I've got the double, real holster, go, real holster, back and forth, gaff one gaff the other paddle in and i look at the boat i'm like good fishing with you guys and they're like what yeah and it was just one of those walk-offs where you know we get skunked all the time you didn't even like, catch a like, fish like, on squid you caught on a yo-yo and a, and a, a yo-yo mackerel. and a mackerel <laughs> yeah. and it was literally like a couple minutes and i paddled all the way back in with these oh you're stoked 25 pound yellowtail and the people on the boat were just baffled and that's the cool thing about kayak fishing is it's just you're you're the odd bird, you know. It's just a different way. It's almost it's almost more impressive. It's like, man, this guy just came in with a sea bass and a yellow on his yeah, kayak, and yeah. you know. Well, well, you're your own captain too, right? For like, sure. Every like sometimes you get on the boat with someone and you're like, I want to go right, but they go left, and you're like, oh man, I wonder what would have happened if we had gone yeah. right. And with a kayak, you just go. Everything that happens, if you don't catch fish, it's your fault. Right. Or if you catch fish you're like sweet i made like the right decision or whatever you know and and then as as kayaks have evolved like um and fish you you know adding fish finders and live baits i was gonna say how how, how important are our electronics especially for this intro depending stuff. on what you're doing um they're they're pretty important yeah and having the gps like um trout was talking about safety stuff like there's several times when i was younger where the fog rolled yeah. in and yeah. like I would hear the the cars on the shore, and I'd be like, "Oh, shore's that way," <laughs> right. and then I'd look at my GPS. I'm like, "No, shore's that way," right. you know. And so just being safe, like taking a compass, having a fish finder or a handheld Lights, GPS, reflective things like whatever. Yeah, take take it all, you know. Um, yeah, I gotta say thanks to my dad for like drilling that into me because he was an old sailor. You know. Well, that was the you know when Spike and I were working together, and we like we built this class like it was literally so that it was consistent we didn't want to shoot from the hip every time we would spend an hour and a half on shore before we let a client ever even touch the water talking about launching landing self-rescue safety talking about the drag some people weren't good fishermen so they didn't even know about how to set a drag i mean it was pretty intense so we really went through all that and then we went through all the safety devices back then it was so stripped down and basic. There was like half of what there was like, now. Get your PFD and let's go. Yeah, yeah, right. But do you um, ask them if they could swim? You know that was yeah. No, that was we'd ask that for sure. But you know, shout out to Spike for really um, 
putting safety first and not just like taking people on a on a drag and make, say hey you know oh, and you're responsible for someone else's responsible yeah yeah so that that was a neat part and then you know we do those introductory classes and clinics and then once we'd get these intermediate to advanced ones that's when we started doing the baja trips um i was the first person to ever take people from here down across the border and do these kayak fishing trips like we'd take down 12 at a time post up camp do whatever fish all day arrange things with the local restaurants they'd clean the fish it was like fish tortillas beans rice salsa beer tequila 20 bucks how come i never got like, you were like 12 <laughs> years old bro. Yeah. is that were, is that how is that i so if for those of you who don't know trout's a really talented chef um is that how you got started in the, the whole cooking game is just as a part of your your kayak guiding you know and you had all this fish and yeah actually what are you gonna yeah. do with it it really was because we would go down um it was first our group it was we called each other it was like the usual suspects that was our group it was like a handful of guys to the point where after the message boards and everything we're like why are we giving everything away and we created this own private email chain where it was just us and then we started traveling together and these guys um were like special ops kayak anglers like we we did damage to to fisheries you guys were a gang so we we fished both sides of the baja peninsula and um as much as i want to say i i did a lot these some of these guys were better fishermen or better at r&d better at outfitting their kayaks like together we all shared information um one of my one of the guys in the suspects mo he invented the kaya tank which was the first live bait tank that was underneath the the kayak it was so you have the sit on top kayak that's hollow so you know you you'd screw the the hatch and inside he created this bladder system where he took a dry bag and had it so that the bladder would fill up with water and then it was plumbed through with a um, with a battery with an on off with it and so smart he did a timer switch so it saved the battery you don't have to have it running the whole time so it'd be on for a few seconds off for a few seconds you could keep 20 mackerel alive in this thing and your center of gravity was balanced so these are the types of things that were going on you know obviously the starters were the rod holders the paddle clips um, the crude tanks i have pictures of my friend that literally had like an aquarium bungee corded to the front of his kayak, like had a plastic tub oh, with bungee cords. He'd fill it up and there's mackerel. Is his live well? I should have brought the picture. So it, it, it was, it was, insane. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, when, like what year did you first start using a fish finder? So the first time I'm going to go with, 96 ish. Okay. It was like a black and white it was, little tiny one. So it was the it was the Humminbird 100 DX and it was like $79. Yeah. It, it looks was like you're it was playing hoopty. a game of it was, uh, yeah. it was Space Invaders. <laughs> it's like you, you might be in 17 of water no, right now. You could yeah. tell the depth and that <laughs> yeah. was about it, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 But yeah. you're like, sweet, I'm in 70 feet. Like I, you know. And the, I'll never Sick. forget, I was fishing and something happened. One of the wires got jacked up and it made like 20 fish pop up every, I don't oh. know, minute. Like fake fish. And I'm oh, losing the, the fish my fish symbols. Mind. Yeah. yeah, the fish, the fish symbol. symbols. <laughs> like, like, like a video bit? game. <laughs> yeah. And after like a half hour of the exact same amount of fish come up at the exact same time, I'm like, Oh, this thing's broken. Now yeah. you're on the demo mode yeah. still. Yeah, or yeah. So now there's like the the chirp seven and like all these things that are just like yeah the, the, the temperature and the GPS built in and all these things and they're great. Um, I honestly don't go there. I've kept mine like in the middle of the road. Like I said, I do four rods. I do a, a middle of the road sonar. I do the Kaya tank. I bring a hand gaff. I bring a bowline in case I need to tie up for safety. I bring um, bungees as like a shock. I always bring a sea anchor, a drift chute. You know, looks yeah, like a parachute. So I throw that out. So if you're fishing for halibut and the wind picks up, 
you don't want to, you want to go slow. You want to, you don't want to just blow over the top of all these fish. So deploy your 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 drift shoot, and it will cut your time in half. And you have the bungee for the shock, so that if a big swell comes, it doesn't flip you mm-hmm. over. These are all things that happen by us flipping over. Yeah, trial and error repeatedly. Like, what do we need to do to not flip over? Yeah, and and if you go to like a a store like Pure Water Sports or OEX or Fastlane, um, they're they're gonna have kayak fishing experts that work there. You know, they have knowledge. They've sold fishing kayaks for many years, and they can help rig your kayak up how you how you want it. My advice would be start simple. You don't need a lot, you know, um, and start off on calm water. And I have a bunch of friends that all they do is like fish the bays or they fish lakes, you know, like San Vicente Reservoir or Lake Hodges or whatever, El Cap, um, or they go up into the Sierras and fish for trout. Like that's super fun on the kayaks, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. there's so many things you can do with a kayak, but those stores, um, if you wanted to put a fish finder on, they'll, they'll install the transducer and get you the right, um, battery to, to power it up. And then there's, there's kayak motors now, which like, I don't know if it's because I'm getting closer to 40 trout that my belly's growing or because I, I'm not kayak fishing as much anymore. You're a new dad. I'm a new dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, to me, a kayak's like a piece of, like, it's like a fishing rod, right? You can't, you can't just have one fishing rod that catches everything from a bluegill to a marlin. Um, and a kayak's like a tool to, um, to access different water or like, it's like a different surfboard that you surf on a big or small day. Like I might use my pro angler, um, if I'm fishing a lake and I might use a narrower, faster kayak if I'm surf launching in Cardiff or Carlsbad or Oceanside. And, um, so I don't know, like there's, there's people that I know that have three or four different kayaks for yeah. different uses. They're rigged in different ways. You know, one's like, I do one for yeah. each decade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's a limit? Like, do you think you could, as far as like the fish you're catching, you've talked about pulling on a 50 pound Kubera, like that's a proper fish, but this like bluefin, like, do you I, think you I'm, could catch a hundred pound bluefin hit, in a I'm kayak? Gonna, I'm going to yeah. hit on that actually. Yeah, because, go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I, I'd love I, to see I it too. I also lived on Oahu and I know this is a regional show and we're talking about San Diego and Baja and stuff, but shout out to the Hawaii boys. I mean, these guys are catching... Billfish, huge billfish, huge aluas, uh, just onos, onos, like mahis, like everything. Um, You know, living out there was a privilege because, number one, it was a different fishery. So I I have the ability to get all these species that I couldn't get inshore here. And number two, it's cool because they have a completely different way of kayak fishing. So there's no real right or wrong way. You know, I go out and these guys are using kages, which are like spears instead of using gaffs or they'll do both and um a lot of big tuna out there these guys are getting um yeah like tuna close to 200 yeah, pounds big, that big i've ahis. seen yeah. um there's wow. on know, like thin kayaks yeah. too where i'm like dude where are you gonna put that thing yeah <laughs> so like my friend, I, didn't, I didn't even think about that yeah so like my friend isaac he started yeah. aqua hunters out there which was you know kind of he started by watching us like, you know, spike and he watched his video and was inspired and then turned it into that fishery. And it doesn't have to just be Hawaii. Now it could be mainland Mexico. It can be Europe. There's guys sending videos in from like New Zealand, catching their version of the yellowtail, these big kingies that are like 90 pounds. I mean, it's really cool that it has gone global. Um, East coast. There are people that are targeting bluefin, uh, getting, jumbos um i don't know what the record is i don't know but large uh, yeah it's it's been super impressive going from when we were just psyching on calicos Dude, like, and barracudas I remember and then when i first started i caught a bar. mackerel and i was like wow like, this is such a cool fish and then <laughs> i still like, do that when i catch mackerel <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nate, and I go out, nate and i go out have a a, a day we harvest whitefish it's the most fun day yeah yeah oh, for sure yeah, a lot, half like, day of just harvesting yeah, some every drop yeah that's the thing about fishing though and like whether you're in a kayak or a skiff you know like ultimately we're out there to have fun and yeah. um 
you know, if we're catching fish, we're stoked. Whether it's, you know, obviously we want to catch that big trophy fish, but yeah. dude, you're, if you're have the ability to go out and, and catch some stuff, you're, you're stoked and you're having a good day. Yeah. I think it's interesting. You look at like some of the long range boat captains and that's like, you ask them what their favorite thing to do is. And they they're like, Oh yeah. I like hiking into the back country and I catch, you yeah. know, six to 12 inch trout. Yeah. And it's, and, and, and I think with a kayak, you have this like sense of adventure every mm-hmm. time that you launch and um you you can just go out there and you can try different things and it, it's just so fun man like this this whole podcast amping me yeah to i think start one of kayak the, fishing one, more again one of the most fun things that i would do teaching was i did a father's day clinic and i would get a bunch of tandem kayaks and a bunch of dads and little kids. And when I say little, I mean, there's some like five, six, seven, eight year old kids. And it was rad because a lot were girls and there's not a lot of females in the industry. It's building. It's like, it's rad seeing more women yeah, starting to sure. fish and seeing these kids, we just go in the bay and it would be spotty, sandies, the sand bass, it's the time of their and, life and, and, and yeah. mackerel and no more smiles will ever be seen. And, talk about not caring about catching a big fish just watching little kids yeah uh, especially little girls get bit with their dad on father's day like that's the best yeah it really it really is um yeah on the other side of that i still have like this dream thing i want to do trout mm -hmm. and uh and so i've been i have a boat and it and i kind of wanted to mention this but when i fish la jolla i live in south oceanside i probably spend like a hundred bucks that day because i spent i it's like a third of a tank towing down to Mission Bay, 10 miles out there. I drive around for hours looking for schools of yellowtail, and then I drive 10 miles back, and then I got to clean the boat. And sometimes I got a wheel bearing going out, or I got to do this or that. And I'm like, dang, like maybe I should have just loaded the, the kayak up, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I forgot where I was going with this now. I mean, getting... It's just as easy to catch zero fish in a skiff as it is in a kayak. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. No, and no, another, another nice thing's like exercise, right? Yeah. Like man. I miss, I, I honestly, I used to kayak fish like every weekend, and for me, an average day was pedaling anywhere from six to fifteen miles, right. and I felt like I was in a lot. I was in a lot better shape because I was active, you know. Yeah. And. Um, I like that aspect of it as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, earlier, you guys mentioned, you know, how quickly kayak fishing um, was growing and, and all this R&D and, and these huge developments in the kayak space. And it's to a point now where I feel like they got it pretty dialed in, right? Yeah. Um, in your guys' opinion, though, like, what's what's next? What's what's still to come in the kayak game? You know, it's it's growing. It's huge. It's there's a very niche community of older kayak fishermen who I feel like are very hush hush, like you mentioned, which is cool. Like mm-hmm. keep your secrets, you know. Um, but at the same time, like we all want to share this love of fishing we have with one another. And there's so many um, younger people, boys and girls, getting into the sport. Um, what's what's next though? Like what is what I'll is still left? To... On that. I'll let you go first. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that kayaking like you can make it as complicated as you want like i know i have friends with uh with like a newport vessels or a torpedo on the back of their kayak Mm -hmm. an electric motor which is which is like equivalent to a one or two horsepower gasoline motor it's for getting from point a to point b and then on that same kayak they'll have a trolling motor on the front right and then they have a pedal drive as well but that kayak weighs like 200 pounds and um it's pretty complicated it takes a lot to to set up and at that point i'm like why don't you just buy a skiff, aluminum <laughs> skiff or something and, yeah it's not you kayak know. fishing yeah so Sorry. and and like i when i worked at hobie we were we ran the only bass fishing tournament series it was main, mainly in the central and east coast called the hobie bass open series and to this day, they still don't allow motors in our tournaments. Mm-hmm. But like every single other bass fishing tournament series allows motors, and like that's not kayak fishing. Just like no, I don't think it's kayak yeah, fishing. Yeah, like a fourteen-foot yeah. pro angler with a with a trolling motor on the front. Plus, Can I kayaks use... going like five knots looks so funny with mm-hmm. a with an engine down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, they just I don't go five look... knots in my kayak because I'm getting towed by a huge freaking. Thing. To, yeah. to me, it, to me, it, it's lost its. It's uh, 
like its pull for me as kayak fishing, but it is where the industry's been going and um, companies like Old Town and and I'm not I'm not bagging on using a motor on your kayak if that's what you want to do, do it, you know, but for me like the human powered aspect of it's what I enjoy. So I think um, yeah, I think there's something to be said though for if you want to if you want to fish somewhere that's further away from your launch point, I yeah. don't see an issue with using that motor to get to get there. Yep. And then and then go under self power for the fish duration of your fishing and then use it for the long trek back. Like that's probably Yeah, and the I thing would, about like yeah. Newport specifically yeah. is, you know, a lot of time like you can put those things on on small inflatables too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So like um yeah, I don't know. Just getting point, I, point, I a, point A to a point B, man. I know? do have a motor on one of my kayaks, a Newport Vessels. Because, like, if you fish La Jolla, it's like three miles I'm to get up to the fishing <laughs> grounds. And it's after a while, you're like, I don't want to pedal or especially if you're out there all day. three miles yeah. there and then fish all day. No, I think for that stuff, it's a good call. It's nice. You know, that six miles where you can sit back and relax, it's so nice. Here's the thing. There's no, there's <laughs> no rules. Everybody yeah, there's can, no everyone can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. That's a fact. Like, whether it's an inflatable or a John boat, so to speak, uh, a, one of the bigger kayaks, people want to do it, that's fine. It's like we all have our thing. Just like he'll do the pedal and I'll paddle and some people can do a, a motor. But, you know, at the end of the day, if we're really talking about kayak fishing, I go back to the basics, which is where it all started like we're kind of like your chicken wing pedal yeah i'm no i'm talking about like pacific (laughs) islanders and Uh, polynesians way back when the elites and like you know the ogs and they had craft that they would paddle with you know human power and they would fish and that's kind of what i modeled what i envisioned after and i've always chosen the longer more narrow beam boats so i can go farther um troll faster um troll rapalas effectively troll hard. um mm-hmm. now I, you know <laughs> yeah. i i feel like it's kind of a young man's game if i'm gonna do it i'd like to like soak a nice mackerel while i sit there with the sandwich but perfect uh yeah like i said to to each his own like really there's no rules and i would never say you can't use pedals or, or, or a motor like everyone's got their own jam but if we're talking about kayak fishing you know I go back to thinking about really the very beginning and starting with that crappy little kayak and almost dying in Baja and um, I actually wrote a story about it Paul Liebowitz called me and Paul's a great guy in the in the industry and writing and supported kayak fishing and loved kayak fishing and is a great writer and editor and I wrote multiple articles for him and one of them was you know you got to humble yourself it's a I openly wrote this thing about me almost dying and uh, it's entertaining it's it grasps you and it says like okay when we're out there like at the end it's like literally sink or swim Um, versus when you're in a boat it's a little more chill and relaxing and especially a cattle boat where you don't have to worry about anything except when your cheeseburger is going to come up right right so i think that's the part of the lure of this sport is it's a little riskier it's a little harder you've got to be on your game um you got to watch the weather you have to watch the wind you have to watch the swell um weather changes quickly you know um so i don't know i just feel like it's more involved and to me, that's the lure of the sport. Almost like fly fishing <clears throat> mm-hmm. is to conventional fishing or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I would say like, that's a, a pretty accurate yeah. description. And like just another tool to go have fun and target. Because exactly. I always, I've said this a lot of times to friends and I'm like, you know, there were fishermen that wanted to get out there and, and there were kayakers. Um, and so... The fishermen used what the kayakers had and had to learn how to be or or they were kayakers who fished that really had skills in like maneuvering a kayak extremely yeah. well with their paddle and now if you're a fisherman it's just a vessel that you can get as a tool to to get out there there's a lot more options <clears throat> well let's talk there. about the things aside from fishing that are out there and like classes and clinics and trips that i did before too i used to do a uh, a lobster hoop netting clinic and 
I would, I mean, this was back when like people still, you know, fish heads were like, they were going to throw them in the trash and I'd go to the fish market and all the local, um, shops and I'd collect all the salmon heads and salmon carcasses. And then I'd have like seven people go and I'd show people how to tie in, you know, get the bait in there. And then we would get our glow sticks and all that. And we'd have our measuring devices and we'd paddle out at dusk. And then as soon as, you know, the sun went down, we would go and everyone would limit. And those are, that's another memory I just totally forgot yeah, about. Lobstering but, and crabbing. All and so I did, yeah. Fun. And then I just yeah. flew up, uh, into the Santa Rosa airport and I did the Dungeness crab yeah. opener oh from my kayak. Uh, the most delicious spike. I've, I've lobstered once insane. off a kayak. That's that's dedication. That's hard. We we were fishing like last week and we saw a bunch of kayakers. Um, yeah, there's a lot it. of people that do it. So it's gnarly. It's hard work. You can. Well, it's an, really another, hard work. Another thing with like accessibility with the kayaks mm-hmm. is you'd have the commercial guys setting their traps and then you'd have guys on skiffs or boats setting their traps. You'd have divers. And I, I would, I would dive a lot for lobsters free dive, and I would find these ledges sometimes that right. I couldn't get to. Not even a scuba diver could get to. And I'd be like, "Oh, that's in like six feet of water. I'll wait for a day when there's no surf." And I'd, there were times I would drop my trap, and at nighttime I could see my trap on the bottom, and I would, I would paddle away and drop four more traps. And by the time the fifth one was dropped, I would come back over and pull Whoa. out like four four big fat lobsters now part of that is that now now the the commercial guys have absolutely whacked the population and so all these places where it was as easy as by the time you loaded your last trap and came back it'd be full now they're just shorts but he's just he's just even talking about the like being able to 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 access these areas that you can't get to in a skip so well there's so again it goes back to just leveraging the areas that are coastal in san diego that all the boats don't hit frequently there's lobsters everywhere Everywhere. i free dive too and you know i'm not super serious about it from an ocean from an open ocean perspective but along the coast i love to do it and there's so many like you said ledges caves holes you can't get an arm all the way in there but if you mark it somehow and you can return back you're gonna get you're going to definitely come home with lobster. I have a funny story about lobstering at night. My friend Brian Reagan and I were out one night, and we used these were on paddle kayaks on our Cobras back in the day. And so we would, same thing, get tuna heads, zip time on the beach, like we'd lay out all our nets. I think we might have flipped, like there was nights <laughs> where we flipped like four or five times, tied everything. Okay. Yeah, if you stack them up, like we yeah. would bring a lot. So if you stack them up, I mean... Like, like like Fletcher's Cove, low tide, six foot surf, but it's the opening night. We got to go lobster. Yeah, you know? like <laughs> and we, yeah, you know, well, <laughs> yeah, we would we would paddle or paddle north or south from there. But anyways, he's pulling. <laughs> we would catch some cool stuff in the traps too, like surf perch or like a calico, and we'd catch crab. These big crabs. Well, that's part of my oh, story. <laughs> so so he's pulling up this trap, and it's and we have board shorts on. We call. Brian's nickname is Bear because he he'll go out in board shorts in the middle of winter and he doesn't get cold. He's a he's a crazy man. So you, I remember him pulling up this hoop net and he lays it between his legs, like rests the outer rim on his knees, and so it it so the lobsters can't get out. And this uh, eel, he, there's two eels in there, and one of them goes through one of the holes oh, down his um, board short leg and right into his crotch area, and he's freaking out like. Almost flips his. He kayak. liked it. Get, yeah, get, gets the eel out. Oh no! But, um, oh no! There's an eel in my shorts. Yeah. He also um, <laughs> when when before like with the kayaks and stuff, we would fish off our boards also, and we used to troll for thresher sharks with uh, yeah. holding the rod in our mouth, trolling yep. a CBA eighteen oh, Impala, yep. and he caught one in his mouth, like a oh, eighty wow. or ninety pound thresher, hooked it, and then and t- got towed around. Did he put on his lap it. afterwards. Yeah, we lifted it up and then let it go. Rhino yes. and I used to do thresher clinics. Rhino, he's uh, more up north, like even north of L.A., more like Ventura area. That's good for thresher and, shark and, fishing. Uh, he, he's, he was the master at the threshers. I mean, he had it down. He would have the buoys and tie them off and everything, and he came down once. And it was – I couldn't believe it. We had seven people, and we went seven for seven. Everyone got a thresher. Wow. We, re- we released, but um, – yeah like that's what i'm saying the different things the crabbing the lobsters threshers uh 
on top of just regular fishing. Yeah, good. like uh, um, Jim Salazar, you mm-hmm. know Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes up into like the Mammoth area and he drops. Um, what do you call those things crawfish yeah pots and he gets his crawfish for his little crawfish broil and then he catches a couple trout and he spends he'll go up there for like a couple months at a time and camp out with this kayak and just has a great all time but that's that's what i love about a kayak you know you yeah. can take it on on a camping trip or i've flown to cabo with inflatable kayaks before that's cool. that, that you check you know in your luggage that's really cool and you get to cabo and maybe you have to pay seven year or a hundred bucks for an oversized bag, but you have a you have a kayak with you for the whole trip, and you know caught yeah. fish that way too. That's that's. So my friend JJ, that you know his mom was you the one that kind of started to Fiji. this. <laughs> yeah, you really uh, should have. Yeah. Like honestly, like he and I still talk about that. Like we could go anywhere we want. Those inflatable kayaks, the development of those those things are bulletproof lightweight and that's one of those things where there's waters that have not been fished that i mean that that would oh, be the ultimate that's another thing great barrier reef oh my gosh would yeah. be rad on a kayak well that that's what i was thinking of is there are outfitters now that yeah. have kayaks like in panama or cedros island mm-hmm. right um or mag bay that you know that i went to like if you guys do some research, um, you can find these these outfitters where basically you just you pay your fee for your accommodation and your and your fishing and you show up and they have six or eight kayaks right and they'll take you out and mothership you out to the spots and it's yeah. pretty, it's it's a pretty cool trip and if if you do that, I would still try to get your learning curve dialed oh, before yeah. you go there. I mean, there's, absolutely. There's all the writing articles like before it was like so huge with the message boards and everything. Like that's what I did is I wrote, I, I, I did a quarterly newsletter. Um, I wrote for the fishing magazines, blogs, whatever. Um, Spike did the video. Now there's YouTube and all this stuff. You could find some of my original articles. If you go to the library, there's microfiche and microfilm with the wheel. You guys remember <laughs> that? No. No, we're... No, you're so... <laughs> what are you talking about, about Trout? I'm Microfiche. Just, I'm just kidding. No, but that's, that's like... Like, some of them are quite old, but... You know, I think the older ones are some of the better ones because of the simplicity. Yeah. It talks about the basics. It talks about the safety, terminal tackle, you know, what you need, what you don't need, the gear, launching, landing, uh, all that, and... Just start with like literally a tackle flat, one rod, one setup, yeah, safety stuff, and just drop cut squid pothole in the kelp beds for calicas and sheep's head and all that, and and then just work your way up. Yeah, it's yeah, you'll so have a blast. Fun. Yeah, but you know we've I've recently gone to new places like mainland Mexico. I was shocked. Like yeah, they have kayaks right there with rod holders. I'm like oh. It's just commonplace now. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. internet solves everything. I mean, it kind of takes a little bit of the excitement out and, you know, having to really dig, but it does make it nice so that if you go somewhere, you have a plan. Yeah. You have a plan. For sure. And you guys have gone to more places than we have. We're tonight, lucky. Probably. No, de- we definitely have not. I'm but gonna, I'm we're, we're get getting Ricky there. out for sure. And if Nate wants to come, and maybe you want to, but Do you I know that none of you guys have ever invited me fishing. That's not true. <laughs> I don't You're know busy. You're true. busy. Um, if you guys have a dying have need a child, to, to say okay. anything else, we we gotta wrap it up soon. But I want to make sure you guys get all your thoughts across. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think um, I'm I'm very keen to go out on the kayak, and I am um, too. Just experience, just experience, just experience something different. Yeah. Nate and I have been talking about. Yeah, oh, Nate and like I have been talking about saying a mothership. Or out to San Island or either, well, dude, if it's like or. a plunker, bluefin, yellowfin yeah. bite, it would be cool. You I, know I what we've been talking about like, too? Like, sorry to cut you oh, off, no, go for dude. It. When we are just rolling up on foam spot after foam spot during the summer, and just they're down as soon as we get there. Yeah, they is I'm, it the boat? No, they they'll go down with the kayak too. Really? Even the little I because I've done it, and even the little hull slap. Of the like, uh, well, it, I think it's just the fish sometimes, but yeah. Um, but imagine being in a like if on a on a good day yeah, when they're fucking yeah, when they're going when they're gnarly, up, like, oh, dude. Imagine yeah. just being in the middle of a foam spot I, in a kayak. That's... Some, <laughs> and some of the experiences that we've had, like 
balls of anchovy underneath us with 20 pound yellowtail crushing anchovy underneath your kayak you yeah know, like stuff that you see on the kayak yeah. whales and whale, it's a different experience else. than if you're it's in a so, boat it's yeah. so crazy whale experiences yeah i think the craziest thing that's ever happened well there's been a lot I've, d- d- sharks obviously tiger sharks great white sharks all that but we were God, it was like san francisco or like punta Javato or something like that we paddle out and i was with bill and i think neil and there was this boulder and it was like a symphony every like exactly at like two minutes 10 billion grouper would fly in the air like a like a bait ball I've would come that. through and it was like a mushroom cloud and these things are flying through the air wow. and we would all throw we would all get bit sometimes it's felt like before they even hit the water like they would jump out and grab it we would <laughs> yeah. all get broken off we would all retie oh and by the time God. we retied and it went on over and over and finally like we started grabbing like 80 pound stuff yeah and, like, and then we started catching them but it was there's just crazy stuff that that no one would ever even believe it now everyone has the gopro and like video it's all on video video. (laughs) but if i went home and said there was mushroom clouds of grouper they'd be like here yeah send send the bid buddy yeah Yeah. see the golden come out of the water no photos never happen yeah this being on youtube we'd love to hear from you know people that are watching this for sure on stuff that you'd like to see or if you have questions yeah we'd love to have you guys back in in the in the seat during the season too hop on and try to help you um answer those questions or steer you to a shop or something or if there's Something you want to see, like you want us to take Ricky out to San Clemente <laughs> Island and drop him off when there's 200-pound bluefin. Or Nate. With a, yeah, or Nate with a, with a little helium balloon and a flying fish. Oh, and let him there. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Let us know in the comments. and 100%. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, like I said, Morgan writes for us and, and Trout does as well. He's done some insane seafood recipes. Yeah. He's done a couple videos too. They're all time. I promise you, if you try any of them, um, you're going to come back and, and try the rest. Um, Nate has a few on there too. He's a pretty, he a pretty couple. good cook, Nate, but yeah, Nate's definitely no slouch. He's like the dark horse. He's got, he's got some hidden gems. Yeah. Definitely there. check their stuff out and, and look out for it more in, uh, in the coming year. I think, um, you know, we're, we're definitely excited about what's to come and, um, we all love fishing, so it's not going to stop anytime soon. Yeah. For sure. I think the last thing I would say Go ahead, man. <laughs> is like for all the younger people, I see all these groms creeping the lagoons and the golf courses. <laughs> yeah. You said what's next. I never answered. To me, that's what's next. All these younger groms that the passion is back. Yeah. Like these kids are risking like fishing is cool again. You Arrest. get in trouble. Yeah. Or for the they're first get, time. Yeah, yeah you can rarely get in trouble yeah, nowadays. No, you get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you're in grown-up trouble, know? right? But, like, I love the passion of the kids. Yeah. And once they all get their driver's licenses, those are the ones that need to get a kayak. And because they're not going to have a boat right away. And that is the way to become a steward of the sea and get ready to slay some dragons. It really is. <laughs> you start on the kayak. You learn the basics. So by the time you grow into it, that's when you get on a boat and develop your skills. Yes. Yeah. I think you learn stuff from kayak fishing that you can apply on the boat or apply for shore fishing. 100%. And especially if you, like for those wanting to kayak fish in the ocean, if you surf and you can read the waves and stuff, mm-hmm. like this, the whole Pacific Ocean's your playground. You know, mm-hmm. if you get a kayak, you can get out there and get after it and have a lot of fun. Yeah. And if you can tie a knot while you're wobbling around back and forth and it's, crazy out there i mean everything else is gravy it's easy it's easy <laughs> it's easy right on well thanks guys that was fun thank you for having me thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate, appreciate it, it. cheers